Okay, so in light of these things that we rejoice in the Lord about, you know, we're, we're told to pray. So let's continue um, with our passage. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, look at your passage, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. You all have heard that passage. You know, we've, we've quoted that passage over and over when we've been time, going through times of, of struggle and anxiety. And it says, and someone just said this a moment ago, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so now we're instructed to quit worrying and to start praying. Now again, I think it's the in the Lord part that provides the foundation for us stepping into this time of prayer. But he begins with, don't be anxious about anything. Anxious, it means to be anxious, to be worried, to be concerned about, to be cumbered with, or to have anxiety over. So look at your worship guide again. I've got a place for you. If you've got a pen or you've got a paper, as you're thinking through this passage, is there something in your life right now that you have anxiety over or that you are anxious about? Okay, and, and I said it's going to be a little bit more devotional, so we're not going to be necessarily coming to the end and singing three, you know, three songs, but we're going to have a time of prayer at the end. And we want you to take this thing or these things that you're anxious about, and we want you to go through these steps that we're going to walk through and give them to the Lord. So what are you anxious, anxious about? Is it money? Um, is it a relationship? You know, is it a job? Is it, um, or, you know, something else? Are you, are you anxious, worrying, like, Jerry's going to speak too long this morning? I mean, it could, be, it could be anything. And I'm not asking you to share. And even at the end of the service, we're not asking you to share. This is between you and the Lord. But if you are anxious, or if you have these times in your life that you are anxious, this passage is for you. Okay, so notice these four words that stand in opposition to one another. The don't versus the do. He says, don't be anxious but do pray. And then he says, don't be anxious about anything, but do pray about everything. So don't do anything, everything. So he says, come before the Lord with prayer and supplication. And what that means is to go before the Lord, to entreat the Lord, to talk to God. Hebrews tells us, and we see this in the gospels, that there was this veil that the moment that Jesus died ripped from the top to the bottom. And Hebrews points back to that and says, you see that veil that was torn? That means that you used to have separation between you and God. You know, you'd have to have a priest that would go to the Holy of Holies, you know, once a year on your behalf to make atonement for the sins. But when that veil was torn, you don't have to go through a priest anymore. You know, which is one of the things where we would say that we completely disagree with Roman Catholicism. You don't have to go through a priest to go to the Father. We have direct access to the Father now. So you have access, and He actually is Abba, and He is Father to you. So you can take your, your prayers and give them to the Lord, and then He uses this word. He says, requests. That's a pretty specific ask. Let your request seems to be that you're asking for something clearly, okay, to let your, 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 your specific request be known uh, to the Lord. He is God, and we are not. And we recognize that when we go before Him, we tell Him that. But sometimes we come with very specific requests, and we need to let Him know what those are. And it's not that 
he needs to know the specifics because he already knows, but he wants the kind of relationship with us where we honestly pour out our hearts. We tell him what we're thinking. You know, Scripture says, I, I know what your needs are before you even ask. But be the kind of child that comes and talks to the Father and says, Lord, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm struggling with, and here's my specific request. You know, the goal is to be conformed to His image and that um, the prayers actually become more kingdom-focused. So here's a passage from uh, first, uh, well, I don't have it up there. Here, let me just read this one to you. This is from 1 John 5, 13 through 15. It says, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything, and it has these three words, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we ask, and we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. But there is this according to his will. So I think that the key to our supplication, the key to our time of prayer, and the key to our request is to understand, A, that he is a father who wants us to ask. B, he wants full disclosure with our asking for us to be very specific because that's the kind of relationship. We said it earlier, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you, 1 Peter 5, 7. And then C, this 1 John passage would tell us that the asking needs to align with the kingdom. So the, the more we're conformed to the image of the Son, the more quickly we can say, but you know, Lord, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know best. You know? So there's times that our prayers can be selfish and we want things, we think that we need these things, and the Lord knows that we really don't. So sometimes He says no. And as we grow in Him, some of those things that we thought that we wanted and needed, they become much smaller and we're able to see through kingdom lenses. Okay, but I want you to notice in verse number 6, I think that the key to unleashing the power of prayer is that we pray with thanksgiving, okay? Everything with thanksgiving, we present our request to God. The psalmist declares, come before His presence with thanksgiving in your hearts. So this might include some of the in hymns that we talked about earlier, or it might be, be specific things that the Lord has done for you, you personally, you know, that you and you, you know, only know. Like, you know, again, kind of going back to my conversation with Casey, he was like, and there was this devotional, and it was just there. I just found it, and the words were just so consistent with what the things I was hearing from Sunshine, and I knew that the Lord was doing something. That's a specific thing, because that's a specific way that the Lord was revealing Himself, okay? So giving thanks, you know, for specific things. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, okay? And I think in this case, we're giving thanks to the Lord in, no matter what we're going through, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we give thanks for all circumstances. I don't know if that makes sense. Because of who I am in Christ, the eternal perspective, because, you know, He is with me, I can give thanks no matter what it is that I'm going through, but I'm probably not going to start my prayer by saying, thank you, Lord, for that fender bender Thank you that COVID is spreading. Thank you that you took my child in a car accident. These things are going to happen. You know, Jesus tells us in this world, you're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, but in this world, you're going to have trouble. Sin has tainted this world. There will be disease. Uh, there will be car wrecks. Good things happen to bad people. You know, bad things happen to good people. Christians die. You know, there, there are miscarriages from Christian couples. These things are going to happen. We don't give thanks for those things, 
unless we really understand that these are the things that the Lord is doing to, to draw us closer to Him. But while we're going through them, we can give thanks because we know that He is there and we know that He knows best and we know that our citizenship is somewhere else and this is not all that there is. Okay, so do you see the difference there? You know, give thanks, you know, in all circumstances, but not necessarily for all circumstances. But when we understand the in the Lord's, the things that you guys were just, you know, popcorn throwing out a few moments ago, if we understand those things, we really should be the most thankful people on the planet. We should. But we don't always remember those things because we have short-term memories, which is why we must go to the Word of God, and which is why the Scripture tells us to don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together because it's when we come together on a Sunday morning and in community groups that we can encourage one another with these words. We can remind one another of who we are in Christ. When the lady calls the radio station and she says, I just hate that he's married to me when I'm going through this. You know, this Christian is able to look at this sister and say, but you need to remember who you are in Christ. We need those kinds of reminders all of the time so that we can develop a heart uh, that is truly thankful. Okay, in verse number eight, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, and he says, think about these things. Because when we're thinking about the right things, we have proper perspective. We develop a heart that is thankful. And as I said earlier, it's this thankful heart that I think unleashes the power of prayer. So being thankful is like being happy and it's a volitional choice that we make. Abraham Lincoln once said, most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. You know, if you wake up in the morning and if you, you know, you got something to be thankful for. You know, I've got breath. I've got a pulse. The Lord has given me life. I have family. You know, there's struggles along the way, but we all have something to be thankful about. It's a choice that we make. Um, Zig Ziglar was this uh, motivational speaker, and he said the problem with most of us is that we have stinking thinking and that we need to have a checkup from our neck up. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I thought that was pretty cute. Even Maria, you know, from The Sound of Music understood this principle, although not necessarily tied to prayer, but she says, I simply remember my favorite things and then I don't feel so bad or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Yes, Jerry Ford. But think about the benefits in the Lord, how many more things that we truly have to be thankful about beyond raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. We're the redeemed people of God, forgiven, forgiven of all of our sins, possessing eternal life right now in Christ. And every sin we've ever committed is taken. It's gone. He's reconciled us to himself. He's given us a new heart. He's given us hope. And he's coming back for us. We should be the most people, thankful people. But we've got these, these short-term memories. And like the Israelites, instead of being thankful, instead of rejoicing, we find ourselves complaining about the manna. You know, can't you just give us meat? You know, can't you just give us something else? 
And we have that tendency. We learn, as 1 Corinthians 10 will tell you, we learn from the Israelites. And, and Paul's saying, don't commit the same sins that the Israelites did. Don't be a grumbling and complaining people. Instead, have a thankful heart. Romans 12, 1 and 2, talking about this renewal of the mind, says it this way. And I'm going to skip down to um, the second verse. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And listen to this. It's in red. By the renewal of your mind. By renewing your mind. You know, renewing your mind is what we're doing this morning. It's stepping into Philippians 4, 4, and it's rejoicing. It's before you step into a time of prayer, making sure that you have a thankful heart. What are the things that I can rejoice about? What are the things that I can give thanks for? If you will remember those things, you renew your mind, and then you're able to truly step into a time of prayer. This mind renewal is what Paul is pushing for here. So Adam, this is why I wanted you to share this morning. Okay, you know, if you know me, and Kilby knows this because I borrowed her Prius one day, or I think it was your insight, I can't remember, you twitch cars now, and she got back into it, and she had 12 presets on her radio, and all of them were on WCQR after I drove your car, right? There was a point there, and, and I make this point to everyone, and, and I use this phrase a lot. If you are a believer, if you are saved, we need to order our lives for the kingdom's sake. This is our giving. This is our time. This is stewardship of, you know, what, what gifts and abilities that we have. But it's also thinking about like things like entertainment. I listen to Christian music and I listen to worship music and I'm not being legalistic in doing so. I listen to some other music as well, but I often find my times going to this music because the truths that are in the words remind me of the things that I should rejoice in and the things that I can be thankful for. You know, to the degree that I, I do it all the time. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody in the church does so, but if you come to my house or if you get in my car and if you're like, I wonder what Jerry's listening to, let me turn on his radio, it'll be 88.3. It just will. It always will. And, and again, I'm not saying that you have to do that. That's not like, because that would be legalism. You know, but for me, it's a wisdom principle. So I decided to test this principle. So I didn't go do any research at all. All I did was go on Google, and I said, Billboard um, 2019 year-end, okay? So I pulled up uh, the pop year-end number one song, the country year-end number one song, and then the Christian year-end number one song. That was it. I didn't do any research. So here's, here's the words from the pop number one song. You ready? I'm not going to sing these, Maddie. <laughs> it says, yeah... I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can't get no more. I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can't get no more. <laughs> I got the horses in the back. Horse tack is attached. Hat is matte black. Got the boots that's black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley. You ain't pulling up off that Porsche. Now, can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, leaving all in my bladder, cheating on my baby, you can go and ask her, bleep, bleep, cowboy hat from Gucci Wrangler on my booty. Okay, there's number one. That was it. That's all the words. So thinking about the renewal of our minds, 
and the wisdom application, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, here is country number one. That's great too. Pour me, pour me another drink because I don't want to feel a thing no more bleep. I just want to sip till the pain wears off. Pour me, P-O-O-R, P-O-U-R, me another round. Line them up and knock them down. Two more, let's go, because I ain't even hurt like this before. Don't want to think about her or wear a ring without her. Don't want to hit the karaoke bar. Can't sing without her. So make them drink strong, because brother, she's gone. And if I'm ever going to move on, I'm needing some whiskey glasses because I don't want to see the truth. She's probably making out on the couch right now with someone new. Yeah, I'm going to need some whiskey glasses if I'm going to make it through. I'm going to be a single. I'm going to need a double shot of that heartbreak proof and see the world through whiskey glasses. Can I get an amen? I mean, I mean that's just your number ones, pop and country. I'm not throwing rocks at that. You know, y'all could probably, some of you could just sing along with that. But the wisdom application is, here was the number one uh, Christian song. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. You say that I am loved. When I can't feel a thing, you say I am strong when I think that I am weak. You say that I am held when I'm falling apart. And what I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say of me. I believe the only thing that matters now is everything that you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I'm weak. And you say I am held when I'm falling apart when I don't belong. There's this reminder of who we are in Christ that's there. And I need that. I need that. Sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm you know, beating myself up. You know, sometimes there's a sin, a besetting sin in my life. And I go do what I've talked to you guys. I go into hiding. I go into purgatory for a season. And this word from a Christian song reminds me, you don't have to do that. The gospel has covered all of your sins. Either it's true or it's not. Either you have to save yourself and be good enough and righteous enough or everything that Jesus did on that cross was the one and only perfect sacrifice. Which one am I going to believe? Well, that song reminds me of Scripture, which reminds me of truth, and then I can believe. And then this one wasn't number one um, last year. It's just number one all time. Let me read the words of this one to you. Of this one to you. You may have heard it. It says, "Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me." Man, a wretch. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I rejoice in that. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures.'" That's powerful. 
That's why it's stood the test of time. The church over and over just rings out and sings out in every language known to man. Amazing grace. The gospel is loaded with amazing grace that saves a wretch like me and like you. We were dead in our sins and he has revived us. And because of that, we can rejoice and we should rejoice. And God, forgive us for not rejoicing more. Forgive us for turning Sunday mornings in Christianity into a time that we can come and just say hello to our friends because it's probably something that we need to do. We probably should be going to church instead of it being a time that we bow before holy God and we rejoice and we remind ourselves and one another of how grand He is and what He has done. And I rejoice this morning. I do. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so thankful that God has saved me. I'm a wretch apart from Christ. And so are you. And that's what I see in this passage. I mean, hopefully you get the point of me reading the, um, the songs. And you're going to be like, I want to go home and listen to that. I don't want you to do in, doing that. But what, you know, what we hear and what we bring into our minds, it does, um, it does impact us. My, my buddy John says, you become what you feed your mind. And he, I told him when I was preaching on this week, and he said, oh, yeah, here's this illustration. You, know, you can use that. And it's true. So let me close our time of teaching with this. I'm going to remove that so you're not sitting here looking at the picture the whole time. Okay. The result of praying to and petitioning our God with thankfulness in our hearts and renewed minds is that we will remember how glorious He is and that He does care for every single need in our life. And then as we pray... Listen to this, and this is how he closes out the passage. You know, if you get, well, it's not the, the whole, you know, uh, chapter four, but I think it's in verse number eight or, or seven. You can go back and look at it. I think it's eight. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's pretty powerful. In the middle of whatever anxious Thing that you're going through, if you'll rejoice in the Lord, if you'll be thankful for what He's done, and then be honest with your prayers, you can go before the Lord and you can leave them at His feet and say, Father, I trust you. I've reminded myself, you are good and you do good and you care for us and you know best. And I'm going to leave this thing at your feet. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to be healed and it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get that job, but it does remind you that God is in complete control, and that's what brings the peace of God just flooding over your soul that makes no sense in the middle of difficult times. So going back to your worship guide, what's that thing? Maybe you wrote it down and maybe you didn't, but what's that thing that you're struggling with, that you have anxiety over that you are truly anxious about this morning's a little bit more devotional i just want to spend some time praying about that so what i'm going to do is i'm going to walk you through a time of prayer and your prayer is going to be between you and the lord and after we finish this time of prayer we're going to sing one song we're going to sing the doxology and then we're going to be finished this morning
but I want us to have time for you to remember. I want you to have time to rejoice. I want you to have time to give thanks to the Lord. And then this thing, this burden, just, just this weighing you down, to take it and put it at the feet of King Jesus and leave it there and walk away. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your encouragement of who we are in the gospel this morning. And Lord, now we as a body come before your presence and I'm asking everyone here that knows Jesus to spend time talking to him. You have access to the Father through Jesus. You don't have to earn that right to go into his presence. You can enter right in right now. He is Papa. He is Abba. He is Father. Go into Him right now and just rejoice in the Lord. Just spend some time rejoicing.